For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to part two or episode 69 of the Say Hey podcast, where myself and Giants Chatter admin minor league specialist Daniel Velasquez are joined by around the foghorn farm system writer Renzi Regadone discussing Giants prospects. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones, available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. I kind of want to circle back to Marco Luciano, Renzi, if you don't mind. <laughs> we, we know the power is there. We know the intangibles are there. Um, he's on pace. To Many project that he's going to be a star. Um, I, I'm curious to hear your personal thoughts, though, on where he will play defensively. I know I'm seeing a lot of people saying um, he's going to be projected as a third baseman. Um, although he's never played there in the Giants farm system, I, I just want to get your thoughts on – the long-term defensive placement um, for Marco Luciano. I like for me to be frank, it's going to be corner outfield. <laughs> oh, because yeah, yeah, honestly, corner outfield because I watched him in San Jose in New in in Eugene, and the, and his movement in space is very unnatural for the position. Even third base, he's. He, he has a lot of youthful errors. I mean, that's pretty much expected, but the way that he throws the way that he throws a baseball in any base or the way that he picks up the ball, the way that he moves back to catch a pop-up in in shallow left field, it's pretty weird to see him like someone of his size. I mean, even Corey Seager, I mean Corey Seager can move very well for his position, for his size. I think, I mean, even though he was like only an average defender, he can move very well for his size. Luciano can, honestly, can cannot, I can't see a possibility that he can move in the realm of like a core receiver at the very worst. I mean, if, and, and they say that you can put him in third base. I mean, he will run into that same issue as well. Like how, how well can he dip his body to pick up slow slow grounders how well can he how well can he move to his right and possibly and even throw accurate balls in a slinging position i mean he needs a platform to throw he needs a fundamental place to throw i mean and i mean i mean casey smith mlb.com's first team all defense you're going to take away that defensive value at the hot corner for this guy who can never can never potentially be good there i mean Come on, first team all defense. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if for the best interest of for the best interest of winning, like 
plain, simple winning. I mean, put Luciano in the corner outfield and let the best defenders defend their positions. So, so you're saying it could benefit him, though, um, maybe having a little more uh, spatial liberty, basically being in the outfield, get a little more time to react to balls, um, you know, getting balls in. Uh, yeah, yeah. But also, I, I mean, kind of on that, but also could he be, you know, with the universal DH coming, could he be a potential mm-hmm. quite often he's a designated hitter that day? Well, potentially, but I mean, the Giants have like a good number of those archetypes. Like Rincones, hopefully, he stays with the Giants. Uh, Joy Bart could see his time with the SDH when he was like resting. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there are still quite a few players like Frankie Tostado, like the under unheralded first baseman who can play off, who could potentially play DH, David Villar who can potentially play DH as well. I mean, there are a lot of possibilities with the DH rule, but yeah, for the, I mean, if he, I mean, if the defense never pans out, like Luciano, the bat is like, could potentially be an all-star, but he could also potentially be a Miguel Sano type who can never defend his position and can only hit for power. And that's very bad (laughs) in terms of projection. Like, his 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 most likely floor is like a Miguel Sano. I mean, it's it's still pretty good, but it's never what you expect from a potential generational talent. That's for sure. Mm. I mean, so, <laughs> first team all defense at third base, and you put someone who can who cannot play any good defense at shortstop. I mean, that's that's pretty sus. Yeah. Well, kind of talking about some of the top top end prospects there, I wanted to t- touch base on Joey Bart. Um, mm. Again, much like Sean Jelly, a guy who's been up in AAA, he's very close to the majors, uh, protected in Rule 5. Um, this time last year, he was widely considered to be the number two prospect in the entire system. Uh, also, you know, a lot of the top 100 prospect lists had him somewhere around the mid-20s. You know, fast forward one year, and now he's – you know, fourth on, on a list like yours. He's definitely out of the top three in most prospect lists. He's outside the top 50 in most top 100s. He's still, you know, considered a very good player, but um, the drop in the rankings, do you think that they are warranted? And should the Giants be concerned about his chances of uh, a long-term major league success? I mean, in some ways it is warranted because like Bart is going to be 25 years old this year and Part of it is not because, I mean, he never really sucked at Sacramento. Like, to be honest, he never really sucked. And, but I mean, I mean, for me, it's honestly a classic case of prospect fatigue because mm. we saw him a good bit in 2020 and we were still talking about him in 2022. I mean, I mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of like, more exciting prospects to be had at the moment, like, I mean, you can even name Jairo Pomares like right. as a higher ranked prospect than him because he was pretty fresh. And Joey Bart is like going to be in the big leagues. Like once once the lockout ends, I think Joey Bart will be the opening day catcher. Like to be honest, to be honest with you too. So I think that I think that issue the issues with Bart relies on 
more is more on prospect fatigue as well as his hit tool. But I mean, we all saw what happened to the Giants hitting last year when they adopted like dynamic batting practice. Like yeah. they are they are having hitters pace high velocity pitching like pre-game in order to adjust in the game. So what so I mean I can I can see the possibility that they are going to have Joy Bartlett face high velocity pitches inside because that is his perceived weakness. Right. Because he likes to get his arms extended pre-game so that when he starts he can can easily track those high velocity pitches inside. So I think that there's a way to alleviate his issues offensively. Offensively, I mean, to the side. I mean, he saw they saw him as lazy. I saw him as comfortable because he was very con- uncomfortable in 2020. He looked settled last year in Sacramento. His frame job is excellent. He still move. He still move very well out of. Out of position, like he his get off and his arm is still very very active. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see the demise of his defense, if you could call it. But honestly, if Joy Bart just posts like twenty home runs with some pretty good defense, I think I think Giants fans will be very very happy with him. Like, yeah, very happy. In in terms of his his K rate, I mean, he was up like 28, 29% last season, which is, which is mm-hmm. fairly high. Um, and yeah. the, the big, you know, when he was up in 2020, people just pounded him inside, which um, my understanding is minor league pitchers aren't quite as adept as getting inside as major league pitchers are. So um, given that the K rate last year, do you see him having struggles with uh, strikeouts early on, or do you think that's something that he will have the ability to overcome uh, and get improved upon? Yeah, I mean, I think the strikeouts will forever be attached to him, not going to lie to you, mm-hmm. because because that arm, because he's bat pat, and the way the way the, the way his hitting works the best is when he gets his arms extended, so that will definitely leave him to chase and to have some has holes in his swing. But I mean, I mean we already saw that they just really don't really care a lot in terms of strikeouts because <laughs> as a true. team they are in the top 10 in yeah. most strikeouts yeah. in baseball yeah. last year and <laughs> they definitely don't mind that so as long as you put balls in the seats right in fair right. territory right <laughs> <laughs> I, th- yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it will matter i think it will matter the strikeouts and how well he can produce in the big league level but i mean honestly if he can walk at a decent rate and he can hit balls out of the park at a decent rate. I mean, I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, we're never asking him to be the next Buster Posey because right. I mean, quite honestly, nobody will ever be in the, in the, in the short term or in the immediate future. But I mean, Joey Bart could be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough to be the man to follow the man, and there's uh, and Buster Posey was certainly the man. So that's it's a rough assignment for anybody coming in next year and having to try and fill even partially fill those I shoes. So, yeah, but like you said, yeah, I, mean, no, I mean, no pressure. Posey. I mean, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, You're no just pressure. following a Hall of Famer. No yeah. pressure. <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> um, 
I wanted to stay staying in the in the, in the middle in the middle of the diamond uh, uh, or the me, the corner of the diamond in the, in the infield. I wanted to ask you about Casey Schmidt. Um, you have a pretty high ranking on him, and he's a guy that I've been uh, been growing an interest on. Um, you said in your primer that he is considered the best defender in the system. Um, what makes him such a good defensive player, and how optimistic are you that his bat can catch up to his defense? Mm, I'm very optimistic on his defense. You know why? Because he's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> third base. <laughs> That's essentially it. He, I mean, the place that he can do at the hot corner is borderline insane. Like, he goes to his right, like, falling away. He throws it sidearm, flings it, and then he can still make it very accurate to first base. And, I mean, I saw a play, for, I saw a play where he's feeling, a, he's feeling a soft ground ball on the third baseline. He picks it up. He throws it like, he throws it like his arm, his fingers are like inches off the ground, throws it underhand. And he makes it accurate and he somersaulted and he makes he was upright while doing so after doing so. I mean, that's 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 something that you can never teach. I mean, try teaching Luciano that that play, he will he can never do it. I mean, quite <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I mean, his first team all defense for for a pretty good reason. He's he's he has a strong arm, he's very accurate on it, can throw in multiple platforms. He can never he can never throw it. He can never throw it in such I mean you can I mean what you have in your head, like any ang- arm angle at third base, I think he can do it, quite mm-hmm. honestly. And he has very soft hands and very good reaction time. I mean, reaction time is very important as a third baseman. And he has very and he's very good at it. I mean, I mean the best defenders in the world are like he can they can accumulate three defensive war. I mean, I'm conservative in Casey Smith. Like he can probably get one point five defensive war, which is like half of the best. Right. And I mean that's a very very good floor because if you think of a prospect as already a a one point five war player, like off the top of the off off the bat like that's 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 a pretty stable that's a pretty stable floor like you can expect him to do that for the next five years i mean that's pretty good i mean and i mean with the bat i mean he was he was not i mean quite honestly he was he was a little below my expectations last year but he he made contact he made plenty of contact with the bat, with the bat, even though he has a pretty low batting average because he was struggling a lot in May, and he never hit home runs because he, quite quite shockingly, he can't, he struggles to use his lower half in terms of when he was swinging. So, I mean, so the bat, so I'm pretty nervous about the bat, quite honestly. But if he can put zero WAR. At, at the very worst with the bat, if he, the 1.5 defensive bat is like 45 FB already, yeah. or like 45 value already. If he can put like any positive war with the bat and then pair up with his defense, like whew, possibilities are endless. That's why I'm high on him because his floor is so high com- 
compared to a lot of prospects in the giant system, even pitchers like like pitchers are the riskiest prospects around. And in terms of position players, like he has probably the highest floor, even higher than Joey Bart, I think, because of how good his defense is. I mean, I mean, Joey Bart has questions at defense, like, like, yeah, some people say like some people has questions on his defense, but I mean, the people that I asked for Keisha Smith's defense, like they were, they were, they're the, he's the first person that they think of. Like, who is the best defender in San Jose? Keisha Smith. No, like, no, no, like, not, like, no brainer. Keisha Smith. So if he has a high, very high floor, and he's, even though his ceiling's not very high, I mean, that's what we think, but the possibilities are endless. I mean, that's what we thought of Harrison, like, the guys, the guy doesn't really have very ceiling coming up, and then suddenly he blows blows everything out of the water, and he's now like legitimately good. If if Schmidt can be legitimate good, then and yeah, <laughs> the possibilities yeah, it, are endless. It's unfortunate that you know he got hurt late in this, you know, toward the latter end of the season. I believe what he broke his hand or broke his wrist when he got hit by a pitch. Yeah, yeah, he got he he got his wrist broken. And he had surgery, yeah. so that's unfortunate. And it's it seemed like he was starting to come around a little bit at the plate right around the time of the injury as well. So I mean, who knows what how his season would have ended? Uh, do you do you see him uh, um, probably starting the year in uh, Eugene? Mm, I say I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, who's the third baseman in Eugene last year? Sean Roby. I think it's going to be in Richmond, okay. and Charlie yeah. Rodriguez will cannot possibly be cannot possibly supplant Keisha Smith's value at third base. So mm, I mean I think Keisha Smith can will definitely start in Eugene, but if his bat starts to catch up with his defense, I think it's going to move quickly because I mean Evan Longoria's time is probably up. And I think that and I mean I mean the Giants could still find a replacement replacement on him in free agency but if they want just to supplant his defense alone i think we have a pretty good candidate in-house already well shoot renzi you're making it sound like we already have matt chapman or arenado in the system man (laughs) (laughs) minus the bat that would be nice that would be nice though (laughs) Uh, hey i i want to very nice i mean Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I, I wanted to move um, real quick just for myself to the outfield. Um, you know, mm-hmm. after a strong start to 2021 in high A, Eugene, Diego Rincones, and I know Roger Munter loves him some Diego Rincones. Uh, oh, he yeah. continued his season by putting up fantastic numbers in Richmond. Um, he's a hit machine, strong glove, arm to go with it. Uh, but you have worries regarding his weight. Here I am talking about weight again. Uh, <laughs> and his defensive projection when he reaches to the big leagues, um, which you say could be this season. Um, you know, give me your thoughts kind of on Diego Rincones and uh, talk about your worries about him as well. I mean, I mean, I mean, what was the most surprising thing about Rincones last year is that unlike the hitters who were, were promoted from Eugene to Richmond, like, Let's say Will Wilson, who struggled very hard yeah. after reaching Richmond. Rincones actually got better. 
in in a much tougher level in a pitching in a pitching friendly environment and that's pretty pretty good i mean however the questions are there in terms of his terms of his defense i mean he was listed 175 i mean if you probably see a guy that size at 175 i mean <laughs> Five foot two. Yeah, I don't yes, know. What, I don't. I don't. I don't know what you're on, but I hope. I hope you're okay. <laughs> so, I, quite honestly, I think he's in around two fifty or two forty. I mean, I mean, I'm just eyeballing it, but <laughs> I don't. Know. We we will never know probably, but I mean, I saw him. I saw him like field, like field in right field in Richmond. I mean, he can make the fundamental plays, but his range is really an issue. Like he's very limited in terms of his, his ability to cover ground in the outfield. And I, th- I think that hurts him a lot because he's going to probably play DH. And, and when playing DH, you need to both have good hitto as well as a good power tool. You know what I mean? I mean, at, at least you need to have power. But, I mean, from from based on last season, I think Rinconis is more hit over power. I mean, I mean, we all know how volatile the hit toll is. So, I mean, this year, like, he could be, like, this year he could struggle a lot and he could, like, fall off fall off a cliff, quite honestly. I mean, I had it with Ryan Howard. Like, Ryan Howard, I mean, not the first baseman, but the Giants prospect, Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. He was very good in, like, he was very good in, in Richmond. Like, I think it's in 2018. And then he struggled hard in the second time in Richmond in 2019. And then he was cut. Like, that's how volatile the hit toll is. So, I mean, his swing path is unlike unlike like the norm like he has a very very long he likes to have his right hand right arm long and finishes it very very short kind of like kind of like if you watch tennis currently that's like daniel medvedev like a like a comparison in tennis like a very unique very unique swing mechanics but a very effective one and i mean i mean I mean, a lot of people like very are very very in love with him because he can catch the high pitch as well as the low pitch very well. So, I think there's a shot for him as a DH. But hmm, I mean, DH only guys are like pretty pretty like pretty very questionable prospects in my opinion because he can. I mean, I I highly value defensive value because it gives you the floor as a prospect and. If you have a lot of volatility, and especially if you don't have a lot, if you don't have good defense, I mean, chances are, your chances are, pretty pretty questionable when you reach the big leagues because the big leagues surprisingly defense is still important, especially for the playoff teams because they want to get outs, so they will shelf hitters who cannot field unless they are really really good like Miguel Cabrera so that's the thing with Rincones quite honestly 
Could they possibly get him some work maybe at first base? They could. They could potentially. You could potentially give him work at first base. I mean, they never really tried. They only tried him in left, yeah, right field, yeah. and DH. So I honestly, we never, we never know what could happen. I I think I think first base could be pretty good. Like, like a righty oriented, like a. Uh, I'm blanking out on a comp like, I don't know Darren Ruff, like something like that, like righty only masher. I mean that's pretty that's that's pretty good, it's pretty good. But it all it all depends on whether he or not he will get drafted in the rule five because he was left unprotected, and they if if they lose him and even David Villar, who gen who people generally consider as like a top thirty prospect, I mean that's two top thirty prospects who could be instantly gone. For yeah. us. and True. that's I mean. That hurts, but honestly, that hurts. So it's interesting the direction that Rincones could go, and that really depends on how other teams view him. If they if they view him as a good bat who can probably play DH or first base, then go ahead, take them from us. Take them from us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got one one last guy I want to ask you about, and this is uh, circling back towards uh, towards the infield, and it's the recently signed Ryan Reckley. Um, top top signing out of the most recent international free agent class, uh, given mm-hmm. a two point one to two point two million dollars signing bonus, which is the largest international free agent bonus the Giants have handed out since Marco Luciano. So, what mm-hmm. are the Giants getting in this young prospect from the Bahamas? Quite honestly, I think. They will get a uber athletic player, like super duper athletic. His twitch is like at least plus. I mean, it the way he moves is awesome. Like the way he moves on on the bases, the way he moves on the field, the way he swings the bat, how how quick his how quick his leverage are. His leverage is and how clean his right-handed bat currently is. I, it's pretty promising. I mean, I mean, we can only believe what we are we are what we are told by the Giants front office. They say that he's mature beyond his years at the bat. He has burgeoning power, and he can definitely run. I mean, I mean, there there are a lot of there are a lot of aspects of that that is that are true. But I mean, you can. But a lot of people will compare him to Lucius Fox as a Bahamian shortstop nice. prospect who was signed at a very, very high bonus by the Giants. But the difference between him and Fox, I mean, Reckley and Fox, is that Reckley, his bat bat is better geared for power because he has a better swing bat. Than, than Fox will never will ever have in his career. I mean, I mean, Reckley could is probably lucky that he that he is hitting in 2022. Now that the launch angle effect or the launch angle resulting swing pad is enforced because Fox never 
really have that opportunity to exploit that because I mean he's still using a primarily line drive swing and that's pretty unfortunate. I mean before I mean I saw Ryan I saw Rackley swing from the left side like last year and it's pretty draggy. It's not very it's not very pretty. But I've seen some recent footage some recent footage of him hitting batting practice in the Giants facility as a left-handed. I and it's and it's cleaned up. Like it's pretty similar to his right-handed swing now. So there's a lot, I mean, the ability to adjust that quickly, like the footage is from October last year, then transition it to this year. I think that's pretty that's a that's a pretty good ability to adjust that quickly. So I mean the sky's the limit for Reckley, and I'm and I'm pretty confident that he can be one of the flagship prospects in the organization in the organization come 2025 and even 2024. At the earliest, I mean, stuff to this stuff to stay away from his athleticism because the foundation of his foundation alone in terms of tools is awesome. So I'm very excited to follow him this year. Yeah, and he's still only what seventeen, or has he turned eighteen yet? I think I think he just turned eighteen this year yeah. because he should he should be seventeen last year when yeah. they were originally planning to do the the international international signing, but yeah, COVID happened, so they push it this year. And he's he's listed as a, I believe he's listed as a shortstop. Do you see him staying there, or you see uh, he'll potentially move to a different position? Hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, he can stay at shortstop, but I mean, I haven't really seen like uh a lot of footage of him playing in the dirt. I mean, I've seen some, but not a lot to completely be confident yeah. about his play at shortstop. He could potentially be center fielder, like potentially. Athletic. If, yeah. yeah. He's very athletic to play that yeah. position. I mean, I mean, the difference between him and Arteaga, like Iverson, Iverson Arteaga, is that when I saw footage of Arteaga playing shortstop, I'm I'm pretty sold right away that he can definitely play shortstop. With 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 Rackley, I was like, eh, I was like, yeah, I was still pretty murky. So I don't. Uh, I mean, I mean, I give him that. I give, I will give Rackley a lot of chances at shortstop because he is very athletic. He has a lot of range. He has a strong arm, and he can develop as a pretty good shortstop. But yeah, he can definitely play center field if they want him to. Now, before we uh, wrap, Renzi, I, I just wanted to ask you, of course, like something that everybody asks at the end of prospect episodes, I feel like on on podcasts. And mm-hmm. I want to kind of get your dark horse prospect for 2022, kind of like, you know, nobody was really um, aware of what who and what Ryan Murphy was going to do last year. So like, who is this year's Ryan Murphy that nobody's talking about? Nobody's talking about. Mm, quite honestly, I mean, I mean, some are probably talking about him. I mean, I mean, only mostly me. <laughs> but I'm I'm probably picking Eric Silva. Okay. The like righty, the righty from J. Sarah last year. 
I mean, another UCLA commit that was given a lot of bucks by the Giants, just like Kyle Harrison. <laughs> so, I mean, when when I saw Silva pitch last year in film, like he was pretty, he's he's well documented. That's the good thing. And the more that you watch him, the more that you can see how the Giants could envision him as a pitcher. He's super duper athletic on the mound. I mean, he was a shortstop before they put him on the mound because his arm strength is ridiculously good. He was throwing 97 at like age like age 16 or something. He was already throwing 95 or 97. So there's a lot of promise and he's very athletic on the mound. Like when you watch him, you can see how good or how well he can use his body to create leverage on the mound and to tr- and to generate a lot of energy and transform that potential to kinetic. He's doing it so, so well. And, and his slider is, his slider is a sweeper. Like it sweeps a good amount. Like that's what, I think that's what the Giants are looking for nowadays. Like how they can steal strikes with that, with that, with that sinker down in the zone, as well as incorporating a lot of that lateral movement because not a lot of, I mean, quite honestly, not a lot of pitchers can throw over, over the top to generate that, that vertical separation that they use, like teams like the Astros typically look for because pitchers typically throw like three quarters, high three quarters, low three quarters. So they, so I think the Giants are trying to exploit that lateral difference, like the difference of between the horizontal. So, and for that, you need to have a sinker with a lot of, with a lot of sink or a lot of run. So that's a slider with a lot of sweep. So I think, so I think that Silva could potentially incorporate a sinker with a lot of sink. I mean, I mean, he's throwing primarily a sinker, but his fat, but his four seamer is already, can already top 97. So, I mean, what, what to choose? Like what to choose either 97 or a, or a hard sinker who can probably touch 95. So there's a lot of possibility that Silva could end up because of his athleticism. I mean, I mean, quite honestly, I compared him to Marcus Stroman on the mound because of his athleticism, how he can use, how he can generate weak contact and how he can take advantage of his athleticism as an athlete to field his position very well as a former shortstop and to also potentially have a couple of potentially pretty good pitches like his slider and his sinker. And he also has a curveball and a changeup where, I mean, he can definitely develop it, and his athleticism will will all will make you confident that he can throw strikes at the next level. So, yeah, I mean that's my guy at the moment. <laughs> he's my guy, like he's the next Kyle Harrison. That's why I ranked him very high already. I mean they they can people can say Manuel Mercedes, but I I will pick the person who can throw strikes better, and that's Silva. I can get behind that for sure. I think throwing strikes is important in the sport of baseball. So I, I back that up for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, Renzi, I want to, uh, 
you know, while we're getting off here, I just want to let you have the opportunity. Where can we get your prospect primer? Where can we find it? And where can we find uh, your work on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can find me at Giant Perspective, like Giant Perspective. Just delete the E and you can find me there. And you can find my 2022 primer, my my blood, sweat and tears. Like <laughs> the, I spent the whole off season. I mean, not really the whole off season because I took a month off, but I spent the whole December to January just cut, just grinding it out. And that's my love, that's my pride and joy. You can find it on my pay hip or you can find it on my Twitter. It's actually, I think it's pinned. I think it's pinned in Twitter. But yeah, I mean, soon I, I mean, I'm going to announce it now, but once the, once the podcast is, once the podcast is up, but I'm going to share best of my primer in the Around the Foghorn Prospects Week. So, I oh. mean, for those who can't really afford to buy my primer, some of it will be featured there. But the juiciest bits, the 120 other prospects that are not in the top 30, they're not going to be available. They're only going to be available if you purchase the primer. And also you can find me on Patreon at Giant Perspective. And I post a lot, I post stuff there beforehand. <clears throat> and then yeah, I mean I post a lot of a lot of a lot of foghorn stuff before I post. I post it in public so I mean I also post a lot of personal stuff like how I'm doing like some of some thoughts that I cannot really put into words formally like a lot of kind of stuff I post there like some fakes <laughs> All right. Well, Renzi, we really appreciate you coming on. Daniel, I appreciate you coming on too, man. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll, we'll definitely have to do it again. Um, so yeah, until next time, just want to say thank you to Daniel. Thank you to Renzi. Uh, looking forward to the minor league season for sure, since we know we're getting that. Uh, and uh, players are getting ramped up and ready to go at their respective camps. So uh, until next time, for Daniel and Renzi, uh, this is Say Hey Doug and uh, Go Giants. <laughs> When the Giants come to town, it's bye-bye, baby, every time the chips are done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.